Welcome to TMZ Live. Harvey Levin here. Charles here. Turns out uh, Britney's book has a lot of heat. To be honest with you, more heat than I thought because I thought she had pretty much told had her said story. said a lot of this stuff, but, but there is a lot she hasn't said. Apparently. A lot she hasn't said, and it's starting to come out, and this book is already destined to be number one uh, when it's released next week. She is. It, what, it seems like what she is choosing to, the things she's talking about are things that people have have, there have been rumors about for years and years and years, uh, and she is addressing them, and one of the biggest is the cheating. Um, we told you that- This uh, involves Justin Timberlake. Right, now we told you yesterday, we broke the story that, uh, about Britney saying that um, Justin got her pregnant, um, and that she feels that, or she's saying that he cheated. What we didn't know, and now we do know, that it is in the book, she's also addressing the fact that she allegedly cheated, and we can take away the alleged. I now. think we take away allegedly, and we've heard this for years that this involves Wade Robeson, who you know has kind of resurfaced in the whole Michael Jackson saga, and he has actually an active case right now against Michael Jackson, claiming that Jackson molested him. But back but in the day, he's a choreographer uh, and worked. Was with, her choreographer? Yep, worked closely with Britney, and she says, "Look, I, I, I." She goes this far. I made out with him. Um, and that is what she's saying. What she's saying about Justin is that he had essentially some affair, An affair with a right. high-profile woman who now has a family, so she wouldn't mention the name. I think a lot of people are kind of guessing the name, We, right. but she's not mentioning it in the book. Um, but it is really interesting that she's confessing to that, but at the same time, I think she's saying Justin did more. This is shocking, especially since for many, many years, I think people assumed when it came out that Britney had cheated, I think people assumed that this was like more than just a kiss, right? That this was right, right, a little bit more right. sexual, but her saying that it was only a kiss that they shared at a Spanish bar doesn't seem as serious to me. Doesn't seem like a well, relationship. But Charlie, Charlie, I will say this. You the, heard the, 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 the other thing that, that I, I kind of agree with you because he broke up with her over it. She wrote, he wrote a song about it. She apologized well, hold on, for hold it. On, it. It just doesn't feel like making out book, in a bar would do right. that. In the book, she does say that they both agreed to move past this kiss. And because she only had eyes for Justin, she had been very loyal and faithful up until that point. But then he did come around and break up with her via text message. So and then she why? said so it was I, very I, painful <laughs> that he was out in Hollywood, hitting the town. She was back at home, like sad and crying and, and deeply hurt. And it was the hardest thing she's ever gone through. I, I can't put myself in, well, I'm going to put myself in Justin Timberlake's shoes. And if she says, if she admits to a kiss, maybe Justin's thinking, all right, she's admitting that. That means it's probably something more. Yeah, we don't. And maybe look, and we don't know, but she says this. It's odd. It's odd. It right. doesn't seem like he would write "Crimea River" over a kiss. Over a kiss. No, I agree. Now there's a lot more to talk about, so um, we're going to get into what she is and isn't going to do in promoting the book. But the other thing, and we had a documentary on Fox and Hulu uh, where we talked a little bit about this. But she is her saying her drug of choice um, during the 2000s. We're told this has been an ongoing an ongoing thing up to this day is Adderall. That Adderall is something that she needed to take her out of depression um, and to kind of right the ship the way she saw it. Right. But this is something that has been in her life 
for a long, in her long life. time. Uh, and she is uh, admitting this in the book, which I think is interesting considering we know that Britney has other medications that she has to take. And I'm just wondering, when, when I read that, I was like, well, where does, how does Adderall work, fit in with all the other medications she's supposed to be taking? And, and do the doctors who are giving her, prescribing the other medications, know about the Adderall use? I'm not sure, based on the recon we have, that she gets the Adderall from no, doc I, the doctors. That, exactly. That, that's, it, you know, without getting too much into it, we're told that that has been going on up to this day yeah. with Adderall. So she, I, I don't think she talks about the present as much as she does the past when it comes to this. But she opens up, apparently, about a lot of this stuff. Yeah. A lot of this stuff. But by the way, she is not doing any kind of book tour. And it's really not needed. She's already broke uh, the Guinness Book of World Records for the fastest-selling nonfiction book of all time. There's 9 million pre-orders alone. And she actually <laughs> she broke the record. You know who had the record originally? Was Prince Harry. He had 3 million pre-orders. But she's got 9 million. So she has just totally taken. Nine, nine million is, I, I mean, An it's astronomical. It's astronomical. It's, I, I can't even, I can't wrap my head around that number. That, right. With books these days, that is unbelievable. So look, there were a lot of rumors that she was going to sit down with Oprah, that she was going to do a 60 Minutes interview. She ain't doing any of it. She didn't do any of that. And that's but, predictable. But they are, they, they put, the publisher did put together a promotion of sorts where you do hear Britney speaking about herself. This is... Uh, a little bit of it, and this is really all that they're doing to promote because she's not going to talk. When did you last feel free? When I got to drive my car. I never wanted to become one of those prisoner people. I always wanted to get in my car and go and not let people make me feel like I had to stay in my home. There's a lot that people don't know that I want them to know. It's really cool to watch all the stuff that I've done before because it felt like you're looking through your yearbook. I'm going to be strong. I will be strong. So what do you want to say to people who say you haven't told enough? So interesting that when you watch the promo, there's nothing that hooks you in terms of what's in the book. It's just more about kind of her generally is, her life. But it definitely leans into the free Britney movement. It does. Movement. It does. And, which and is, which I find really interesting. Into. That's how you get nine million, nine million in uh, pre-sales. And yet, it, it, what 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 blows my mind about this is that everybody followed the pre free Britney movement. So you right. think, is that really what's going to drive people to read the book because they've heard so much about it? But the answer is clearly yes. Hey, this is Sakura from St. Pete, and I like to say Britney. I mean, I've got to get this book now. I'm so excited about it. But most of us girls, we know we are never going to say it was anything but a kiss. Harvey, uh, you, you know this. We, we can't do it. And also, I just want to say that good for her that she's getting to decide she doesn't even want to do the TV. At least she's making her own decisions and standing her ground on those type of issues now. Yeah, she, does yeah, not want, she doesn't want to do it, nor do her people yeah. want her to do it. Uh, enough said. Uh, we're moving on. By the way, I thought it was funny. She started to say child. <laughs> yeah. She said child, you know. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Yes, we'll move on, on to uh, Scott Disick's looking for love. And um, he's getting some help from his sort of uh, former mother-in-law, Chris uh, Jenner. So, Who has her hands in everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> including finding Scott a new girlfriend. So 
this is on the Kardashians. Uh, Scott is having a conversation with Chris and with Chloe about the type of woman he's looking for. They can't seem to agree. And then Chris decides she's gonna seek some more advice from Rob. Who we haven't seen or heard from in a long, long right. time. Right, I mean, when Rob Kardashian makes an appearance on their show, it is a big deal. He just doesn't get involved that much. So here is what Rob had to say about uh, finding Scott the right woman. I just mean somebody who doesn't give up on somebody. Like, you yeah. know, because I have been through like a lot of different things. Yeah. I definitely know I'm not easy and I'm not perfect. He's one of the funniest guys I know. He reminds me so much of my son, Rob. Rob, what do you think is the perfect girl for Scott? I don't know. Or... Oh, never mind. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you. I'll talk, yeah. I'll talk to I you. Love you, love you too. <laughs> the, the best there is the I love you, mom, at the end. But look, yeah. I mean, Chris is right. Rob and Scott, they were a, a pair for a really long time. I'm sure they're obviously still really close. Um, but it is interesting that we kind of got a little glimpse of Rob, even on, even though it wasn't physically on the show, because, you know, for a long time he said he doesn't want to do this stuff anymore. So you know that they had to get his sign off, at least to have his voice on the yeah. show. Uh, so I thought that that was kind of interesting. And as far as his dating life, since Black China, we haven't really linked him to anybody. So I don't know if he's maybe secretly dating someone and wanted to give some advice of his own. Yeah. But still a By funny the way, clip. they asked uh, Chris Asked one other person. Penelope. Uh, Penelope, Scott and Courtney's daughter, who's 11, who she thought he should date. <laughs> Very simple answer. Someone older. <laughs> older than so, what? <laughs> older than his previous girlfriends. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Hi, my name's Camila from Ontario, Canada. And one thing Rob Kardashian Jr. is going to do is tell the truth. Rob knows. He knows. They've been friends. He was friends with Scott. He was friends with Lamar. Like, he knows their, everything that they like and what they're about. He's not going to, he's just telling the truth. And I respect him for that. It's mm -hmm. really fun. God, he says three words. Very, he gets headlines. Very brief appearance, but man, <laughs> is impactful. Absolutely. The situation in Israel is, is no longer just a situation in Israel, really. Um, right. Because uh, there is the very real threat that this becomes more of a global conflict um, with Everyone expects that at some point, Israel is going to, there will be a land offensive into Gaza. Um, and Iran has said, if that happens, there will be severe consequences, which basically is a threat that they're going to get involved. And then that makes everyone think about nuclear war and the threat of nuclear war, something that honestly, I mean, we talk about this all the time when I was young. Um, that was something that we still thought about under the Cold War. When I was young, you were we young, were very close to nuclear war with the Cuban close. Missile Crisis. Um, but <laughs> the people who study these things say that we are closer now to doomsday than we have ever been. Uh, and it got us thinking about what really are the, the factors at play here as far as nuclear war. So, and, de and deterrence. Right. Uh, so joining us now, someone who has studied this uh, for a long time. Uh, he is the director of the Nuclear Studies Institute at American University, Peter Kuznick, who also, by the way, wrote uh, a book that became a series on Showtime, The Untold History of the United States, uh, wrote it with Oliver Stone. So uh, he is joining us right now. Peter, 
Welcome to TMZ Live. Glad to be with you. Peter, it really is an honor having you on. Um, you know, I, I, there are so many questions, but I, I think really the first thing is just asking you about the state of the world right now, the state of the Middle East, and how worried are you that this could escalate into something this cataclysmic as nuclear war? I was very worried about the state of the world before this latest crisis in the Middle East. We were had two situations that were potentially explosive. One is the war between Russia and Ukraine, and the other is the situation surrounding Taiwan. And either of those was ready to explode. In fact, the bullet in atomic scientists moved the hands of the doomsday clock to 90 seconds before midnight, the closest we've ever been. The clock was started back in 1947. Uh, and so that was even before this current, the latest crisis in the Middle East. Now, this has just raised the stakes. You know, we're sitting on a powder keg. It's very, very dangerous. As you were saying, if Israel does invade in Gaza, the casualties, civilian casualties, are going to be horrific on both sides, really, the Israeli soldiers as well as the Palestinians in Gaza. And then what happens with Hezbollah? Does Hezbollah sit back and watch the Palestinians in Gaza get slaughtered? No, I don't think so. You know, Hezbollah is a much more formidable military force than Hamas ever was, uh, with far more uh, missiles, far more fighters, and far more capability and training. So what does that mean? A war against the Palestinians, a war against uh, Hezbollah and Lebanon, a war against Iran, which would very easily spread to Syria, spread to Iraq. You know, so you're painting a, a picture in which the world could actually be destroyed. You know, you're talking about all the, the nation states in the Middle East that would be in conflict here. But once that happens, if that happens, it does become a world war, right? Because obviously the United States has already pledged its support for Israel. Um, and then you would think that at some point Russia perhaps gets involved. And I don't know what where they would land on this. Or but, China. But, and China as well. Um, once that happens, we're no longer just talking about the Middle East, correct? Right. Once that happens, the threat to humanity becomes even more real than it is now. The United States already has two aircraft carrier strike groups in the region. The United States has 2,000 armed troops there already ready to go, and another couple thousand uh, on the way on alert. So the United States would get involved because Israel would not be able to fight that big a war on its own. And, and so the chances of this just exploding as a worldwide cataclysm are immense. And, and in the 1980s, scientists did studies about nuclear winter. And what we know now is that they underestimated the threat. The latest studies say that even a limited nuclear war between India and Pakistan, which 100 Hiroshima-sized nuclear weapons were used, would send 10 million tons of smoke, soot, and debris into the stratosphere. It would circle the globe uh, within two weeks, block the sun's rays from hitting the earth, and a limited nuclear war using 100 nuclear weapons could kill up to 2 billion people worldwide. 
We don't have 100 nuclear weapons. We've got close to 13,000. And they're not Hiroshima-sized, most are between 7 and 70 times as powerful as the Hiroshima bomb, which is why we have to de-escalate all of these conflicts as quickly as possible. We need some sanity. We need some adult leadership. We need some statesmanship. And the call by the United States now to spend another $100 billion to arm our allies in Israel, uh, uh, send troops, send money to Taiwan and arms to Taiwan, to, to Ukraine uh, and the southern border. You know, we're going in the wrong direction as a global community. Even if there is a world war, don't the nations, don't the leaders say, we can't go that far. There are plenty of other ammunitions to use that aren't nuclear, because if we go to that point, nobody wins. Like, and I, to, to say, if you're the leader of a country, you go, we're gonna lose our country if I don't use this nuclear, war, this nuclear warhead. You think Kim, but if I you use, think Kim Jong-un would- But if I use that nuclear warhead, right. everybody loses. But do you think Kim Jong-un thinks that way? You're not winning if you fire the nuclear warhead. We've studied over the years so many scenarios based on limited nuclear war. And in almost every war game that we play on that way, uh, what we find is there's no stopping point. So they start small, and then the other side retaliates, right. and then it keeps on growing, and there's no stopping point. And then you get involved in the big weapons that could end life on the planet. I just got to ask you this, and I kind of think I know what the answer is and fear it some, but this is what you do for a living and you have looked at this globally. How inevitable is nuclear war given the evolution of this world? It's not inevitable. We still we're still here, we're still sane. There are people putting forth peace proposals at the United Nations. We've got countries that are talking about economic development as a basis for bringing the world together. You know, but there are also forces that are pushing us toward confrontation. You know, we've got to sit down with the Russians. We've got to sit down with the Chinese. We've even got to sit down with the Iranians. And we've got to begin looking at our common interests. We need global leaders who are statesmen who can speak for the planet, not for their own parochial interests. And we're not seeing a lot of that right now, if any. Yeah. So we, the people have got to realize how serious this is and put pressure on their leaders to begin to act in the interest of humanity. Well, let's hope that uh, some of those people step forward. Um, and if they're already in power, that they remember the, exactly the things that you're talking about, Peter. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. We, um, uh, it's it's terrifying sobering conversation but, but so illuminating and we really appreciate the time thank you for having me I, listen i, I wow. that conversation was really important to have so that everyone understands what's at play and makes and and urges their leaders to think about that as well like problem is it takes one that's it and that's the problem yeah well, Will Smith finally joined the circus. <laughs> the circus that is the circus that is the promotion of his, I guess, estranged wife, uh, Jada Pinkett's uh, book. So apparently he has decoded all the crap she said, and he likes it. He, no, I don't think he's quite saying that. I don't even know that he's decoded all of it. But he is making it very clear where he stands with Jada. So last night, 
in Baltimore, her hometown. Uh, there was an event to promote the book, and Will was there standing on stage, uh, grabbed the mic, had his arm firmly around Jada, and made this declaration. Can you love somebody forever, no matter what? Jada's the best friend I have ever had on this planet. And I am going to show up for her and support her for the rest of my life. So, I, the reason I said I don't know that he's decoded everything, he said, can you love this person, someone forever, even if you disagree about things? Well, of course you can, but, and, and, and look, that to me and is the most point he's making. That is the most unsurprising thing. Yeah, they're joined at the hip because they were partners in crime on all of this stuff. Uh, they're yeah, the but... ones that created this sham to make people believe they were together for years when they weren't. Um, she was with. I, mean, I just think the that things that she said over the last week and a half. Like what? I've been... like, I mean, like what? What's the deal breaker for you? It's not for me. What were the deal breakers? There was a lot of things that were emasculating and disrespectful to like Will like by what? saying that Tupac Shakur was his was her soulmate. Meaning, what is Will? Because is, they've is been together soulmate. for right. a very long time. Well, she was and, being, but she was being real there. That maybe he was. Uh, you know, Nikki, have you ever heard of somebody like where they get married and then the spouse dies and then they marry somebody else? But they always said that the first spouse was the love of their life. What? but they still get married to the second person. I understand what you're trying to say. I just don't think that that applies here because he's still living. Like he's still in the picture. Will was actually after and yet she still holds on to this thing that she had with Tupac. But not only that, you know, the whole thing about saying, I was so surprised he called me his wife when he was sticking up for me on stage and getting publicly humiliated in front of the entire world. <laughs> right. In the middle of that, and she's like, huh. On the other hand, okay, wife. okay, I'll, give, I'll grant you that. But on the other hand, she said so many nutty things in this book you forgot about the slap, so that's a win for Will. <laughs> oh, so he's appreciating the right, smoke screen? Right, That's exactly that's what I'm sticking with her, because she's put up this great smoke screen. Exactly. I, I, I don't think that's out of the I mean, realm of... She is, she's been saying that she thinks their separation is coming to an end and that she's going to be moving back into the house with him. It certainly seemed like that last night, but the problem I have now is, yeah, that was a beautiful thing he said, and it shows that they're... They're really committed to each other, but we've thought that for seven years. <laughs> so what, when do we believe it now? And right. I also have to uh, say one other thing that I think is really uh, holds weight during this is that all three of the kids, Willow, Jaden, and Trey, were all on the sidelines. And when he said his last yeah, line right about there. wanting to support her and being there for the rest of the life, he was. they were all clapping and showing their support as well. So there's a lot of uh, behind the scenes that I think we don't know about. And Will speaking out for the first time as publicly as he did right here, I think speaks volumes of where he stands. Hey, my name is Krobel from Dallas, Texas. Um, yeah, when I first saw that clip, I was like, wow, what kind of spell does uh, Jada have on Will? But um, after thinking about it some more, it seems like um, they're separated, but it seems like they have a good relationship. So I'll give Will props for saying that because it dispelled a lot of rumors. I got to ask you a question because you got to help me out here because I am so confused. If they say they're moving back in together, you going to believe it? Uh... Probably not. I mean, that's what I'm saying is, where are we here? You know, they, they, they've put everything out, uh, supposedly. She's got this say, book out. I mean, what do you believe now? If they could create a sham for seven years this way, what do you believe? I, I, I'm really serious. Way, I don't know. Will didn't say 
that, yes, we're going to move back in together. I know. And things are better. He said, I'm going to show up and support her forever. It's not the same thing. No. So who knows where this is going? Okay. We got to move on. Yes. Uh, so, Sophia Bush, uh, we told you about her new relationship. Um, she just filed for divorce a couple of months ago, but she is now in a relationship with U.S. women's soccer star Ashlyn Harris. A lot of people were wondering... Timeline. Timeline. Well, there are some photos and videos that um, have resurfaced, and it's not that far in the past, but people are now noticing, oh, well, wait a second, Sophia and Ashlyn were hanging out uh, earlier this summer. Or last summer, um, they were in at Cannes together. Technically, before summer, it was June nineteenth. Uh, yes. Ooh, look at you hmm. knowing your How about summer that? solstice dates. Um, yes, they were in Cannes. Uh, they were both at, at an event um, speaking about women in and, sports. And at the event, I, I just want Reagan. Do we have the video of this? Because it's so interesting. Because it feels like yes. when they talk, that they See? just met each other. But uh, that's them talking. But listen to this. I was a fan, and then this woman told me she was a fan, and I was like, oh, my God, really? And then we became friends. Like, right. what? Uh, it just felt like they were saying that, oh, it feels like, oh, we just met, right. but they didn't just meet. No, they, they've actually known each other for, for a while now. I, I do think the timing, though, is still interesting, Harvey. So like you said, that was at uh, uh, Cannes, a, a sit-down on, on sports, a, a panel, uh, in June. Uh, it wasn't until August that uh, that Sophia and her husband, Grant, filed for divorce and they split. So months later, um, it, I don't know, I, I think certainly it's got people asking a question today. You know, when did this relationship uh, between the women actually start? Whatever it is, Grant is fully supportive of Sophia because yeah. he said that and he wishes her yeah. nothing you, but the you best. You know what I do wonder? I wonder how Ali feels. Though. Ali, Ali Krieger, of course, was the uh, was uh, uh, obviously a, a, a U.S. women's national team star herself with Ashlyn. They were together for much longer than, than Grant and Sophia. They were married for four years and they actually adopted two children together. They were all friends. I'm very yeah. curious to hear from uh, Allie. How does she feel about the relationship? Okay, now, uh, all right. we, we got to take a break. All right, when we come back, Jussie Smollett. Uh, we all remember that name. We haven't heard or seen much about him lately, but we found out what he is up to. He is now seeking treatment at a rehab facility, and he's also got a, a new look. We will show you what Jussie is doing when we come back. Welcome back to TMZ Live. This is going to blow your mind, but we thought about it this morning after we got uh, a story that we broke yesterday about Jussie Smollett. It has been five years yeah. since the alleged hoax scam or the hoax. Um, the hate crime hoax. Hate crime in Chicago. Uh, five years, well, actually, we're coming up on, it's closer to six, I think. Yeah, this is what happened. Wow. And, this is, and, and one day you're old. Uh, exactly. Well, um, Jussie Smollett, after all of that has gone on over the last few years, and by the way, that case is still ongoing because he has filed an appeal. He's appealing. Remember, he was sentenced, I believe, to five months. Yeah. And um, he started serving, and then they let him out pending appeal. The appeal is still going on, which is crazy. Yeah. He right? would have been long, long done with serving the sentence right. had he done it. But uh, what he's been going through, what we've all gone through, but what we've watched him go through has apparently taken its toll um, because he, we found out that he is getting treatment at a rehab facility and uh, he is doing this for 
some, some substance abuse. We don't know exactly it doesn't what the appear issue to be, is. It doesn't appear to be alcohol because... Based on some photos that we got. Based on the him. photos we got, he's holding a book on Narcotics Anonymous, and um, that would suggest other substances as right. well. But there's something else about the picture. Yeah, so, well, he shaved his head. I, is that what you're getting at, Harvey? Yeah. I think the yeah. Narcotics Anonymous book was a little more telling from the photos, but his rep did confirm, you know, that he's seeking this outpatient therapy, that he's obviously had a... a troubled couple of years and they're happy you know he's taking the steps uh to in the right direction but the other kind of interesting thing i thought of was just that you know the austin Dar dario brothers revealed so much during uh that trial when they took the stand remember one of the things they said was that they were supplying him with drugs that's yeah, yeah. one of the reasons yeah. am among training him so clearly this might have been something going on for quite some time i gotta say that when you go back to these pictures the fact that he shaved his head i think it's more than just a cosmetic thing that a lot of people, when they go through start. a crisis and want a fresh start, they do tend to do things like this. Uh -huh. And and he shaved his head. It, look, it may be coincidence. Maybe he's had that for a while. We haven't seen him. Yeah. But I find that interesting. And it, it isn't. And look, we don't know what prompted Jesse Jesse to say, "All right, I'm going to go get treatment." I know that uh, after he got out and he filed the appeal. He really wanted to get back to making TV, making right. films, and I know he directed uh, a film, and maybe, you know, this was something he had to do because people, obviously, it was an uphill battle for anyone to work with him it's also in Hollywood hard, anyway. It's also hard to clear the decks when you have a case on appeal and know you could go back to prison. And right, or how do you get people on board how to do, do a project? Exactly. Right. Well, um, we did. We did get those photos of him and Taraji P. Henson. So they they were out. Uh, I think that they were uh, hiking yeah. or something. So they're still tight. They're I mean, clearly she's still right friends. Or die with him, and I know we thought you know a lot of people you know think that he lied about the whole thing, but clearly there are still people that are standing beside him, and I just don't think that he's done in Hollywood. Well, he may not be, but I got to tell you, True. Uh, you know most reasonable people after this jury verdict, after all the testimony, believe that Jesse made this up. Right. And that, you know, one of the things about a 12-step program, which presumably he's in, is kind of owning all that. Right. And I find, I, I'm fascinated. I mean, we're not going to, we have no idea what he's going to say. Right. But what happens when that comes up? When you're in session yeah. and it, does it come up? I mean, the other thing is, it doesn't have to come up. He's sure there to talk about. It's it a trans. It, it's 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 the linchpin to a lot that happened. Maybe it comes up in a one-on-one -on -one session with a therapist, but in a group session, that doesn't have to come up. He's talking yeah. about his his battles with abuse or addiction and how that's affected him. He doesn't have to talk about. No, he doesn't have to. It's just. I'm up now. To your point, I'm sure everyone in the room is wondering it, right? but it um, doesn't have to come up. Hey, Bradford Broyles, Naples, Florida. I'm, I'm happy that Jesse's getting uh, help for his addiction issues. However, he's going to need to do a lot more than shave his head and go to rehab to repair his image. I mean, the dude needs to come clean on his role in perpetrating the worst hate crime hoax in modern times. I mean, if he doesn't, I think he's destined to be forever in the Celebrity Liars Hall of Fame alongside people like O.J. Simpson. Uh, in a true 12-step program, coming clean with your past uh, mistakes is critical. So I, I think now's the time to come out and uh, be honest about what happened. And I think he could have a career going forward. But uh, if he doesn't, uh, he's forever going to be that guy. Yeah, I yeah. think you have a point. Uh, yeah. We're going to move on. Yes, uh, to uh, some new real estate that is 
undoubtedly Taylor Swift related because uh, it's her, can I say boyfriend? You good with that? I'm good, oh, I've been good with that for weeks. All right, All right. Uh, Travis Kelsey has made a, a new real estate purchase and it's not just uh, about it being a bigger house, although it is a much bigger house, uh, but it's really about security because the home that he had been living in in the Kansas City area um, was very easy to access from the street. And we've seen lots of photos. Uh, photographers have been camped out there ever since the Taylor Swift uh, relationship uh, became a thing. So he's got a new place now that is in a gated community. And it's beautiful. It's six bedrooms, uh, six bathrooms. It's over 17,000 square feet. Which is it that about big? Three, it's about three acres of land. Holy smoke. So he's a in a bona fide mansion. for him. <laughs> yes, this is a beautiful piece of property. It's got a pool, tennis court, a pickleball court, um, and even a mini golf course in the house. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so but you know, I've changed my mind since the morning meeting. Mm -hmm. But I thought in the morning meeting, well, maybe, you know, why is he doing this? Because he's putting down roots in the middle of the country when she lives on each end of the country. Right. But you sell that house when you're finished with football and you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. So in yeah, the meantime- Someone will buy that house. They got to stay together if he's spending all this money. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. He's like, I got all this privacy like, now. Hey, Taylor, I just closed escrow. See you later. <laughs> So Joshua Jackson and Jody uh, is now a strange wife. They are in the process of a divorce. I mean, we've seen her. She was at a fashion event in Paris and certainly seems to be doing her best to move forward. And it appears so is Joshua. Yes. Because he was out at a concert last night. I went to see Janelle Monet and was in the company of Lapita Nyong'o. They were both there. That clearly is going to raise eyebrows. Right. Gotta raise eyebrows, and there's there have been rumblings about the two of them. Right. And so um, there was no PDA or anything yes. like now, that. Now that is what's interesting here. There is there was in all the photos no PDA, and it could be they're just friends. Well, no PDA because he's still going through a divorce, so they want to keep things you know cool, calm, and collected. But you guys know what they say: once you go black, you never go back. So I would not be surprised <laughs> if later on down the line we do see some PDA between them because it seems like Joshua now has a type. Like now, Lupita kind of looks like Jody. Jody. Yeah, there, like, there, there are some similarities there. So we should say just, and I, I get why you're saying what you said, Tawanda. Uh, but uh, some people people connected to Joshua told us that they have been friends um, for years. In fact, there are photos of them going back to, I think, 2018. I don't know if they ever worked on a project together, but they've clearly known each other. As to what the future holds, we'll see. Okay, it is that time of the week. Indeed, your favorite time of the week. Tim is here with his reject. What's going on, guys? All right, so Harvey, do you still play tennis? Yeah. Okay, so. This is pretty cool, but you might, might not like it if this was your opponent. So this is pretty cool. This guy, he's a little trick shot master. So he, uh, he starts with the tennis ball on the racket. He does a kind of a trick serve here. And then he does a fake back. Oh, that's a nice goes around move. the back, off the net, into the Okay, that was super. Little that, razzle that, dazzle. Honestly, razzle dazzle. That is impressive, gotta yeah. say. Gotta yeah. say. It's not a legal hey, serve, by the way. Hey, Patrick, it's not enough, legal. by the way. Oh, don't call out your tennis partner. I know, but I know he's got three kids now, but come on, Patrick. <laughs> I mean, enough, mater enough paternity leave or whatever it is, okay? 
Okay, let's move on. All right, so if you guys want to go kayaking but no kayak is available, what do you do? Swim, you're, then you're swimming. Uh, not quite. You don't want to get wet, so that, I mean, you don't, you don't want to go swimming. So what you do is you get a log, you jump on the log, and you go down the river. Oh, like, my God. Like, no, yeah. are you kidding? He's, he's on a log? He's I'd rather log. swim. No, how can he do that? Holy smokes. Eddie, Eddie, look how at this guy. How do you guy. do that? Probably lots of practice. I'm sure he's... Uh, yeah, normally he falls, Yeah, right? he falls. That's crazy. Okay, last one. All right, so Charles Winters coming up close. Oh, indeed. Uh, Just got my, be, uh, got my ski pass. I'm ready to go. Perfect. So next time you're on the ski slopes, go down the hill, mountain, mm -hmm. get some... Uh, Juggling going while you're going down, to kind of, uh, you know, make it more interesting, more adventurous. This guy's actually flying pretty good down the hill. Oh, my uh, God. That is juggling. really impressive. That's... Um, so, oh, God. I if think, I could uh, juggle, I, but I can't juggle. I think you should oh, learn how crazy. to juggle while trying to go down the mountain. That might be fun. I would do it, under, I would do it only under one circumstance. And he's doing it at Jackson There has to be an ambulance midway. <laughs> <laughs> just to wait. For you things. or for everybody else? No, no, no. Mountain. For me, just to speed things up. I think for everybody else. Okay, mountain. thank you, Dan. All right, see ya. He's getting weak applause today. You know, we're, we're a little down. We're, yeah, we're a little, a little down, down staff. A little uh, COVID going around here. Well, Tori Spelling uh, had to leave the home that she is renting uh, with her kids in a hurry because a SWAT team, uh, LAPD SWAT team swooped in on their block uh, because according to neighbors anyway, that there was a resident who had barricaded himself with uh, an AR-15. And not just barricaded himself on the block, next door to the rental house right, that right Tori was in. So Tori and several other people on the block Evacuated, you can see the, the response with the SWAT team. She was just terrified, obviously. Yeah. Um, they were able to take someone into custody. Um, we don't know, the police have not said yet what the charges or what exactly was going on with this person. Yeah, they're being very hush-hush about it, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the photos here and the video says it all. You could see how frantic Tori is. She has five young kids. The good news here is that everyone was safe. So, yeah. they, but Jacob, we still don't know because the, the cops were very weird close to the vest on this in terms of what happened. Have they said anything more? When I spoke to police yesterday, they just gave me what they knew at the time, and it was like what you guys said, that one person was arrested. They, I guess there were murmurs on the street that there was maybe a hostage situation, but we were told from cops that they hadn't heard that. Hi, my name's Mish Carr, and I'm in Los Angeles, and I just hope Tori Spelling gets a break. Like, I haven't seen much happiness go on in her life since her father passed. We were saying that this morning. That's so interesting. We literally said that in the morning meeting today. Yeah. I mean, she's just been hit after hit. Been rough. Uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? Hey, I'm Bernadette. I'm from Atlantic Beach, New York. Um, so it looks like Britney Spears is not going to be doing the talk show circuit to promote her upcoming book. And I say, you know what, Britney? You have to tell your story your way. I'm glad that she's finally found her voice and she's got her voice and she's not constrained by anything or anyone. Let loose, girl. Do what you got to do to make you happy. It is long overdue. You've given us enough. Um, go, Brittany. All right. I'm, I, I got to say, I'm surprised at how big this book is. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, just enormous. Nine million. Uh, one more. Hi, my name is Debbie Turman. I'm in Loganville, Georgia. Regarding Will and Jada, wow, 
Will is definitely standing by Jada with unconditional love, but also I'm married, been married much longer than Will and Jada. There's they, you can love someone, but not be in love with them. They're staying committed, but outside of the realms of a traditional marriage, hats off to them. But honestly, they're draining me. They're draining me. Wishing <laughs> the best, but they are draining me. Draining us. Yeah. I mean, jeez. A lot of people feel that way. Uh <laughs> So Billie Eilish got uh, some new ink. Uh, I just think when you get a back tattoo, it seems risky. It's just hard to... It doesn't seem risky. It is risky. <laughs> Hers is not a little drawing on her back. She it's was her Affleck. whole back. She was afflecked. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm trying to think. Is his worse? His is worse. He, yeah, he, because his, his is full back. Covered his is full back. Shoulder. But still, she's 21 years old. Uh-huh. And yeah, what, what is it? I, I was looking and I couldn't figure out. Is it's it, an abstract. I don't know what it is, but it's like... What you want at 21, and I know I sound like an old guy and I uh -huh. am, but whatever. But God, it's like, you gonna be okay with that when you're 42? Well, the good or, news is, it's on her back. She's not gonna know. If you go look at it, it's mm -hmm. right to the top of her neck. So whatever she wears, and look, I know this sounds like an old fuddy-duddy, but I'm an old fuddy-duddy, okay? So uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Way to go, fuddy. Get off my lawn. <laughs>